welcome to the Positivity and Prosperity Podcast. If you're ready for a dose of inspiration and insight, then you've come to the right place. My name is Victoria Maskell and I'm a psychotherapist, mindset coach and positivity practitioner. I help women just like you to have their own Cinderella stories and transform their mindsets to make their dreams a reality. So if you're a coach, an entrepreneur, or just looking to up-level your life, then this is the podcast for you. I'm going to be talking all things money mindset, manifesting your dream life, and how to use your subconscious to achieve anything you set your mind to. I'm going to be filling these podcast episodes with stories and inspiration for you, things to make you smile, feel supported, and get ready to crush your goals and manifest your dreams. There is no such thing as a coincidence in life. So just by listening to this podcast, you are one step closer to making your dream life, business, and mindset a reality. So if you're ready for today's dose of positivity and prosperity, then let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Positivity and Prosperity Podcast. Now, today's episode, as you again will have seen, is another amazing interview episode. I'm so lucky that I get to speak to all these incredible human beings about what they do, and I get to share that with you. Now, if you're interested in having a business, starting a business, or just monetizing your life, Hannah from Digital Priestess, who is my guest today, has got so much to share with you. I was trying to come up with what this episode was going to be titled, and I imagine you're going to be able to see from the title, there's about a thousand things I want to share, because when I say this episode is jam-packed, I mean it is jam-packed. We are talking about AI, what it means, how we can use it, um, different ways of kind of incorporating it into your life and business. We are talking about social media mistakes. We are talking about overwhelm. We are talking about Pinterest and how Pinterest is almost this untapped resource for passively growing your business. I'll let Hannah explain that in, in her way because she says it so much better than I just did. But honestly, this was one of my favourite episodes to record because we could have gone on for, I don't know, maybe three hours. There were so many questions I could ask Hannah because she is so knowledgeable. She walks her talk, she knows what she's talking about, and I think you're really going to love this episode. So... Let's go into the interview. I'm going to make sure to leave all of Hannah's details in the show notes so you can go and check her out. She also has a special discount code for all you lovely podcast listeners. Make sure to go and follow her on Instagram. If you like dogs as well, she has the cutest little dog that she shares on her Instagram. So, Let's go into the episode. If you've loved this, if you are really enjoying this content, come and let me know and I can create more wonderful episodes like this. Okay, I would love to welcome the lovely Hannah onto the Positivity and Prosperity podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm super excited to ask you loads of questions today. But before I go into my millions of questions, do you want to just introduce yourself so you can tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? 
Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so yeah, my name is Hannah, Hannah Brown. Um, known online, my brand is Digital Priestess. And I mean, we were having this conversation literally a minute ago, like, how do I describe myself? What am I? Um, I am a marketing mentor and business coach. And essentially, I help people to do a few different things, but mainly to get themselves set up online in social media for their businesses, uh, content strategy, and also something very recent that I've started to now do more of is help people to kind of monetize their lives, whether that's through affiliate marketing or just taking their brand into other levels. Um, I work with a lot of coaches and so... I also like to help coaches see other ways they can bring in money online. So, in a nutshell, anyway. <laughs> Isn't that the hardest question, though? Like, it's so oh, difficult. Who are you and what do you do? What's your title? It's like, oh, <laughs> uh, but I so think you said that very well. So, how how did you get to be doing what you're doing now? What's your kind of background? So, do you know what? I feel like even this question, this, I'm like, which story do I tell? Because there's like so many different stories. My background, I, so I did work in like PR and marketing um, for many years, mainly in broadcast TV in London, um, very kind of corporate, um, did a little bit of like event work before and um, after that. Um, but basically, I'm going to try and summarize it into like a, a short story. In 2019, I just was like, I've had enough, um, diagnosed with depression in an on and off um, emotionally abusive relationship for years it was one of those years or moments in your life when everything you're, you're you're about to hit rock bottom and you're like I'm gonna hit it I think I did hit it like I need to do something so drastic change I want to go and become a life coach and I want to move to the other side of the world and I want to basically cut out everyone from my life that is more all you know like 75% of the people that I've been hanging around with at this point and also move out move out of London because it was just bleeding me dry so I did that I went through an extremely spiritual awakening and became a life coach I was a life coach for a few years uh I actually ended up then being headhunted by Jay Shetty working for Jay Shetty's coaching school um just went on this great experience but went throughout that I was always could feel in my heart that I love things like marketing, social media. But now I was seeing a different side to it where I was seeing a lot of people and myself as well. Like when I launched my coaching business, it was hard because you sold this dream of become a coach and um, have all this free time and have all these clients and have the money rolling and you're working for yourself. And like, yes, that that is totally doable, but you have to kind of know like how to market yourself. It, you know, when you become a coach, it doesn't come with a marketing team. And I'd always had that in the past. I'd always worked as part of like a marketing team or a bigger company. And I realized just how many like cogs there were in the wheel and doing it on your own was shocking. So I then kind of moved more into, I want to help what I initially started as other coaches. I want to help other coaches to launch their businesses and get set up online. And now it's kind of grown into just really anyone who wants to break the norm, leave the nine to five, start an online business, whatever it is that you're passionate about, you could probably turn it into an online business, monetize it somehow and go and build up that freedom and that wealth. So that's the kind of, yeah, the, the, the shortest phase I can go. There's probably a million different stories in there of what happened, but yeah. But I think that's a really honest review of the coaching industry and, and not mm -hmm. to slate it, but it is true because it's possible that you can start a business, coach people, do what you love, but what's sort of missed out is, but you've got to be able to effectively communicate to people what you do. People have to know about you to go, oh, that's what I need. Otherwise, you're sat there with your laptop and all your ideas and no clients. And yeah. that can be really, really scary because oh, totally. 
for example, if someone comes to me and they want to know about mindset, they want to know about the subconscious, they want to know about limiting beliefs, money mindset, I'm all here for that. I'm like, yes. But if I have to then think about marketing that, that's not my zone of genius. Mm. I've learned a lot and, you know, I'm part of your membership. I have taken <laughs> yeah. some of your courses. I hang off your every word. I've listened to your, I think I've listened to every episode of your podcast something <laughs> twice because I'm like, oh, it's only a 10 minute episode. I want to listen again because I think getting support is one of the most important things in your business. If you're a business coach, it might be getting a mindset coach. If you are mm -hmm. running a small business, it might be support with social media and marketing. And I really, I really like your authenticity as well. So that's why I'm really excited Aww. to have you on the podcast. Um, Anna's lovely, by the way, if anyone didn't know her. <laughs> she's really, really nice. Otherwise, she wouldn't Aww. be on this podcast. That's so lovely. So what would you say then, as a business owner, what would you say is the best bit about running your business? Because I know you talked about going from corporate into your own business. What now can you see is like the best bit of it? What I can see now that maybe I didn't see at the start that I wish I had is that like it really is total freedom in terms of the decision process and that obviously yeah as I'm as I'm saying you know you do need to get help or it's okay to hire help or there is certain things that you need to do you also can do it however it works for you and I think that a lot of people feel like they need to I mean I don't know how many times I've seen the word blueprint thrown around oh yeah <laughs> come and get your blueprint come and get your blueprint I prefer roadmap because everyone's going on a different journey and everyone's everyone's going on their version towards success. But I would say the best thing about it is, well, first of all, yeah, the the freedom that it can it can bring you, and you should have that freedom to do it as you wish, not just copy and paste every, what everyone else is doing. Um, but secondly, oh, I had something then that's just fallen out of my head. People. <laughs> when that happens this happens to me constantly so people who are in like my Facebook group or my community know that this happens like at least twice on a call I'll be mid-sentence and then it's just gone <laughs> um where are they going with that like that you were saying about the freedom um roadmaps because everyone's journey's different is that yeah like... it's, it's gone it'll come back it'll be like a sneeze you know it is, yeah it will, it will and then it just comes up so yeah it will come back in a moment it totally will yeah right it made me think of a question and I think this is really difficult <laughs> so talking about freedom talking about creating your own your own path because everyone's business is different everyone's ideas are different so where do you think AI comes into this marketing thing because AI is, I think, is is everywhere. It's talked about a lot, but I I see the downside being potential, the lack of um, lack of authenticity, lack of freedom of what you're going to say. What's your take on AI and marketing and businesses and massive yeah. question? <laughs> I love this question. I absolutely love it, especially because I filmed a TikTok on this the other day and it didn't say in the drafts, and now I get to say it again. So this is perfect, perfect. <laughs> so. With AI, I feel like I completely understand that side of it where it's it's not authentic. And if you just start using AI to churn out all your content without doing the necessary AI work, which I'll go into in a moment, then yeah, you're not going to have authentic content. There's actually words now that I'll block on AI and words that you should look out for that you can tell. And those words are unleash and unlock. If I see anyone that has written unleash and unlock, I'm like, that's been ChatGPT Chat has done that. Nothing yeah. wrong with using ChatGPT. I use it as well. But when you use AI, what you want to do is you want to tell the AI first all about you and who you are, you know, your what your business is, what your values are. I'm talking paragraphs, you know, um, that's what you want to do. And when people say, well, yes, but it's still not authentic, I 
I'm putting so much information into AI and then I'm actually writing out something first and I'm going to rewrite this based on the information I've just given you about my business and my values and make it, my my favorite prompt is make it flow better. Ooh. And it would just take what I am saying, my voice, my values and make it maybe a bit more like coherent, a bit more professional maybe or whatever the goal is to get it more like. But how I look at it is when you see a president doing a speech they didn't write that speech or it's their it's their opinions it's their they're voicing what they believe in but they have speech writers when you are you know watching a celebrity endorsement on tv the celebrity is there endorsing the product it's not their words they again they may share the same beliefs they may share the same values as the product they are obviously endorsing god we hope <laughs> but they haven't written it themselves there's there's constantly things that we are, are taking in every day that isn't that isn't the, the own person's language, if that makes sense. It's their beliefs, it's their opinions, but they've had a professional person do it for them. And um, I really see AI as just basically your your scriptwriter, your speechwriter. Um, it's just an extra person that you would. I mean, if you let's let's pretend it's not AI, and if it was someone on your team and you had a, a person that you were paying for this which is like, right, okay, I've drafted out all my content, but it doesn't sound as juicy as I want it to sound. So you, as my new market copywriter, would you be able to make it sound juicy? And the person would go, absolutely no problem. But when it's AI, I think people feel a little bit like, well, I, I get there's, there's, you know people feeling threatened. And like you say, maybe it's inauthentic, but I think as long as you start off telling the AI who you are, what you do, and that that's even some prompts that you can go in. You can go in and say, this is my business, explain what your business is. These are my values. Explain what your values are. This is my USP. Explain what your USP is. And then, you know, and and also I'm also like I'm a little bit sassy, but I'm also serious at times. And what you can also do is you can copy and paste in some of your own content. Go, here's three examples of captions that I've written on Instagram. Copy and paste them in. And then you say to the AI, now taking in everything that I've given you, can you now either rewrite this piece of content or write me out some content ideas that you think that I would put out there? And this, Very long answer, but <laughs> no, no. But I, I think that's the side of it that's not talked about. My, exactly, yeah. my kind of presumption, if that's the right word, of AI is that people put in, write me a blog post about being a small business owner. Write me a blog post on money mindset, mm. and of course, it's going to churn out the unleash. And what was the other one? Unlock. Unlock. And yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can I can see those unlock and yeah. unlock. Yeah, it's like might as well be sign chat GPT. Exactly, exactly. But Those words are everywhere. They're <laughs> everywhere, aren't they? It's the buzzwords. But at the same time, I think we could probably apply these negatives to so many things. Like someone tries meditation once and just goes, "Okay, I'm going to do. I'm going to have a meditation." Well, is it about what you want? Is it the kind mm -hmm. of language you want? Hypnosis is another thing. I am a massive advocate for hypnosis, but anyone who has hypnosis sessions with me knows that I do so much groundwork listening to my clients' language. What do they want? How do they want to feel? What that's what's that going to look like? Because you can get generic hypnosis scripts out there and they can probably be quite relaxing and they might help, but they're not specific to the person. And I guess that's what you're saying with chat GPT. You can make Absolutely. it really authentic and it's just like having someone help you in your business. Exactly. Exactly what you said there about with the hypnosis, there's so much that you have to do first. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah. The chat GPT or, or, or any of the AI services yeah. lay out and get really detailed on exactly what it is that you need or who you are, what you want. 
Um, because you're right, what you're the example that you gave, write me a blog post about top three tips for this. You will get, a, you know, maybe if you even ask it 700 words, 800 words, you'll get that. But I guarantee you, it will already exist out there somewhere in the world. And that's the other problem as well. And the other red flag that I should mention about AI is that because it is taking it from knowledge that it has, when you're super broad with a with a something like that, like write me a blog post, you are um there is a chance that it could be plagiarized. So when you have, when you ask it something super specific with your values, with your voice, you know, and give it examples of how you've written before, it really is taking your knowledge now and then combining it with the knowledge that it has. Um, so you have to get specific so that you don't end up with just really generic content that everyone else has got at the moment. Yeah. And I think that generic content that everyone else has got is one of the potential mistakes that people could be making, yeah. almost like well-intentioned, because like I said at the start, my specialism is not marketing or social media. I've been <laughs> pulling bits together and going, okay, I need some help with this. And I bet there's a lot of people listening to this who have a business, they want to start a business, they want to start a side hustle, they've got a great product or service, but they're like, I, I just don't know where to start. So maybe let me start there with, again, a probably a really broad question. What would you say is like the first starting point for someone who has a business, who has this great product, but doesn't even know, they're overwhelmed. Where, where should they start? I would say start with um, uh, kind of two things. Um, messaging, like what is your message? Get really, really clear on what the message is. And when I say message, I mean like your overall, not not mission, like okay, my mission is to, you know, help all these people launch online businesses. But what is the message? And by that, I what, are you, what problem are you solving or what desire are you helping people to fulfill? Um, and also what's like the extra additional to that? Like, for example, I can, you know, you know the desire is I'm helping people launch businesses um, or, or helping people who want to launch a business to fulfill that desire of making it successful or, or getting it out there. But what with or without, you know, without the stress or, you know, with ease, like think about what your actual message is. And I'd say definitely do research on that as well. Market research, um, which, by the way, AI can help with. But again, you have to be very specific with that. But I find the best way to do market research is to just get on calls with people. Yeah. So um, or if you are, you know, really don't want to get on calls, you can, you know, do surveys, you can use social media, but you need to figure out um, to get your message really clear. And in the language, like we were just saying, in the language of your ideal clients, you yeah. want to know exactly what your ideal clients going through. So you want to go out and speak to people and do the research. And I'd say that is where people probably make the biggest mistake because you think about it, like Nestle would not launch a new chocolate bar without product testing him yeah. without doing research there's just absolutely no way that they would go out and do that the same with anything like with a new xbox game they have people go through it they test it um even if it's not i'm trying to think i'm, I'm just i'm giving very physical examples i'm trying to think like of a non-physical example um but it, either way when when there's a new product being launched from a big professional corporate company there's just no way it will go out on the market without having had some sort of research done regardless of what you're selling, maybe you're selling coaching, um, like you say, hypnotherapy, um, PT, whatever, I would go and do some research on like, what, who is my ideal client? And what, you know, let's say you are a, 
you're doing hypnotherapy for, you know, pregnant ladies who are struggling to sleep during their pregnancy. That's very specific, but yes. go and speak to the pregnant women and go mm-hmm. and see like, what are you experiencing when you can't sleep at night? So that I know how to then market this product. Like, what are you wanting to get? What would, what, what would your dream night of sleep feel like? Like ask those kind of questions so that you know exactly what your overall message is going to be and then how you're going to market it. Um, so I'd say that's really the first one, get clear messaging and back it up with research. The second would, would, it sounds so generic and so boring, but it would just be to put yourself out there on social media. Yeah. Because where I see people going wrong is, and I, I've definitely, I've seen so many coaches do this and, and lose money on this is, oh, I need to hire a web a web developer to build me like a really beautiful website with a fancy logo. And then I go and sink two grand into it. And there is, it's pointless having that website if you are not going to have a, campaign or marketing plan or something to shout about it because I've seen those people they do the website and then they're like oh no one's coming to the website because no one knows it's there because <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk about it and you can talk about it even if you start on social media you don't always need by the way I just want to say I am very pro website like <laughs> yeah. very pro. I've got a website I've got a blog it's one it was one of the first things that I did I'm very pro website but if you are someone that is like overwhelmed and you just don't know where to start but you're someone that has a product ready to go or ready to be booked, just get yourself on social media and start talking about it. And no, obviously this isn't going to be visual. So people won't see my reaction. But when Hannah said like, people, (laughs) I need to get a fancy website. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. So I'm pro, I'm pro website too. Like (laughs) I think websites are great. I think they add a lot of authenticity. I think they give a lot of value. People will always say to me, oh yeah, I found you on social media. And then I went and checked out your website. It's almost like another layer of stuff. But what I see in my clients is that the website bit becomes procrastination. It becomes oh gosh, sabotage. Yes. yes. Oh my like, gosh. Yes. I couldn't possibly, uh, you know, talk about my products yet because my website's not ready or yeah. the, the font isn't ready yet or this isn't perfect. And it's, it's that feeling of I'm going to create a barrier because I'm not quite ready. I'm a bit scared of actually launching. So I'll create a logical reason and it's got to be this mm-hmm. beautiful website and it's got to be perfect. And it's like, so many people launch incredibly successful products without a website by just going on social media and going, hi guys, this is my mug. You can get it in pink. Yeah. And gray. It's Here you go. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I really need a mug. That looks nice. I'll buy that. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Do you know, one of the first business coaches I ever even came into contact with, she, her sales page was a Word document. And if you were interested, she said, she'd say DM me and she'd just send you the Word document. And I didn't care. All the information was there laid out for me that I needed. It didn't matter that it was on the website. And I, that that stood out to me. I was impressed. I was like, that's incredible. And the first business coach I actually hired, I didn't even look at her website because I was so engrossed in her Instagram stories and her Instagram and what she was, the transformations that she was talking about, that I was like, take my money. Just yeah. take it. Like, <laughs> I know. It's- I am told. It's when you said about, and I was trying to jot some notes down, so I said the right parts, but when you were talking about the messaging and like speaking like your ideal client, to me, this is like the psychology of rapport. We -hmm. actually want to feel like we get the person, even if we're buying a makeup product or something, and you might think, well, do you have to get the person? You might go, yeah, well, actually, I really like their messaging behind their brand. I get why they've built it. I get the type of person they are. I'm a bit like them. I feel like we have some kind of affinity. They use the same language as me. 
psychologically I think it makes us go oh I like this and then we go and find out more so the, yeah. I can see what you're saying about the messaging being so important like my messaging wouldn't have swearing in for example so that might mm -hmm. put some people off or it might be like oh yeah that's kind of how I would say that other people they use different language and it really attracts their ideal clients so yeah. right messaging got that I've written down marketing rapport I don't know if I've made that turn up but I mean <laughs> it's all there no, I love it. I think that's brilliant. I think that's okay. brilliant. But yeah, no, you're right. And it is, you have to get it right. And also like the, the, the message of, yeah, I think the psychology and language behind it is definitely key. I know some people feel a bit funny about that because there's a whole psychology of, of selling, but then it's like, you're not selling, you're, you're saving, you're, you're trying to solve a problem. And if that problem doesn't need to be solving, then yeah, you're not my ideal client and that's fine. Um, But yeah, also just generally like the messaging of like what, because even ideal clients, I get a bit funny about it sometimes because we also tell, sorry, I'm going on a tangent now, but we'll roll with it. If that's I okay. love it. Go for it. Um, we're told that we have to have this one specific mm. ideal client, create the avatar, give her a name. And I actually don't agree with that because if like I said this on a group program that I ran last year, I was like, if I looked at every woman on this call, you are not the same woman. And there's no way that I can fit you all into one box. They're so different. Some of you are mothers, some of you aren't. Some of you are single, some of you are married. Everyone's got completely different races and backgrounds and, and, and cultural backgrounds. There's just no way that I could sit there and go, my ideal client is called Sarah and she's from London and she's 25. Like, <laughs> just can't. So I uh, I don't, I'll use the term ideal client, but really I'm saying ideal clients and like mission, like overall mission. Um, but when it comes to your messaging, it, you do need to kind of speak to them more of like, whether it is one, one specific type of person or whether it's multiple what are they all feeling and what are they all going through and what do they all really desire? Yeah, I'm laughing again because when I go, oh, ideal client or whatever, the name is always Sarah. Even oh my God. <laughs> that's so weird. I did an activity once where you had to name your subconscious mind. I was like, it's called Sarah. And I was like, why is it always called Sarah? Like, that's I have so called Sarah, but it's funny that of all the names in the world, you picked the same one. Because no, that's the name that I always, like, when I was little and I was making a character in a book, I always called it Sarah. <laughs> oh my gosh. We've manifested each other to have the same, like, uh, imaginary person called yeah, Sarah. Yeah. But I think that is, again, I think that's a really good and refreshing point about marketing. Back in the day, so when I started in 2018, that was very much the school of thought. What is your ideal client? What is their name? Where do they go shopping? Mm. What do they do? And I'm exactly the same. If I look at all my clients, just like you said, there is a complete variety. Mm. But I suppose the one similarity, well, I suppose there's a couple, but the, the main similarity is they want to manifest more in their life and they know that their mindset is the key, at least in part, to unlocking that. And yeah other than that i mean i work with men as well it's just i think my my marketing is more feminine more girly because yeah. that's kind of who i am but anyone who wants to change those things is more than welcome in my groups to listen to this podcast all of that good stuff so yeah i think that's refreshing to say ideal clients rather yes. than put people yeah. in a box and be like oh well if your name's sarah and you're 25 and you've got a dog then you will definitely want this one thing <laughs> yeah. <Really>? exactly <laughs> exactly and also when i feel like the problem sometimes when you make your let's say your instagram so specific to that person is that then you can shut other people out and like you say i'm very similar like i i'm open to working with men but 
I, I just I attract more women in again that probably is my messaging um, <laughs> but I would never um I'd never turn away a man who wanted to work with me absolutely not um and I want my uh, of course then you don't want to then be like speak to everyone because then you speak to no one so obviously you want to have like you know a, a, an idea of your ideal clients but yeah like you say you don't want to box anyone out you know or box anyone in rather Well, yeah, exactly. And I think the second thing that came up was social media, there are so many options. You could be on Facebook, you could be on TikTok, you could be on Twitter, does that you could be on threads, you could I don't think Clubhouse still exists. I'm not even sure threads still exist, but it you know (laughs) I think from my point of view as well, and I'm sure people listening, it can be a bit overwhelming to know, do I have to be on all of them? Can I be on just one? If I'm on that one, what sort of content should I create? So what maybe are some of the mistakes you see around that or advice like whichever way you want to take it so i would say the biggest mistake is i need to be on every platform so absolutely not no i i actually had a, a client this morning on a call and she was like we were you know we're, we've been working through instagram and pinterest and she almost broke down because she was like oh god no i've got to do tiktok next and i was like you don't have to do tiktok no tiktok you don't need to do it if you don't want to like and and, and you you can't right now your plate is full you know um so the biggest mistake is I need to be on every platform and then it's, you know, it's the, you spread yourself too thin and then basically it's, yeah, you, you're basically barely on any platform because you're just pouring out yourself into all these little cups of all these different platforms you're trying to go on. So then it's kind of like, oh yeah, choose one platform. <laughs> I actually would say start with one or one or two, have a main one, have like platform A and then platform B um, and then make sure again if people go wrong make sure that your ideal client is actually on that platform because so this is the thing people will jump to like I need to go and be on Instagram because you know it's an Instagram but maybe if you're I don't know all your clients are on LinkedIn um you know maybe they are on TikTok so do the research again this goes back to the research a a really important question to ask in your market research is like where do you hang out online what's your favorite platform what's the app that you just go to automatically without even noticing that you've suddenly you're on the app and for most people for my clients for example it's Instagram and that's a very popular one. Um, but yeah, find out what where your ideal client is hanging out, grow and create um, some amazing social media content for that platform. And then if you want to have a platform B, then, you know, go and set that up. I obviously am very biased towards Pinterest and recommend Pinterest because you can just repurpose everything from platform A onto Pinterest. Um, but that would be what I'd recommend to people. Don't get yourself overwhelmed trying to be on every single website and social media app. Yeah, and we're definitely going to talk about Pinterest in just a second. But I, I guess what I've noticed is that different platforms want different things. And at first I was like, OK, I've created a piece of content. I'll put it on LinkedIn. I'll put it on Facebook. I'll put it on TikTok. And, and actually, I did a little ex- I think you'd be proud of me. I did a little <laughs> experiment last night or the night before. I created a piece of content that I was like, I think this is Instagram reels worthy, as in short form text over a little background video, the kind of okay. thing that could be like looping, that people (laughs) want to read. There's more information in the caption. I took the video. I then put the exact same video, no watermarks or anything, on TikTok and pretty much put them on at the same time. On TikTok, it got 10 views, Hannah, 10 (laughs) views. I have never had 10 views as in like (laughs) as low as 10 views. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'm not precious about it. Like I, but on Instagram, I think I got like 500 views and like, 40 likes in the same time frame and I was like mm, this yeah. just this kind of proved my point I realized the algorithm changes I realized there's so many different factors and that's why you can't be too specific about it 
but would you would you say that that different platforms favor Right. Yeah. Could you kind of talk yeah. on that a little bit then? Yeah. So I, I'm very, first of all, I am very proud of you. I love, I love that you're experimenting. And you know, I'm even more proud of the fact that you said you went to meet no watermark. Like, yes, <laughs> take the watermark <laughs> off. So there's a, a tip for anyone. If you're repurposing content, go and use a third party uh, to take a, a third party tool to remove the watermark because then it'll do better. So um, just using those as examples, um, Instagram and, and TikTok, they seem like it's the same because they're both, you know, platforms, video sharing platforms. But from what I've noticed from a lot of digital marketers have noticed is Instagram is shorter content. That is exactly what you said. So a lot of shorter real videos, a lot of text on them that maybe they could, people could just loop in it with, and, and watch, um, you know, trending audio in the background, that sort of thing. TikTok is, is much more talking heads and you want your videos to be over one minute so you want to be probably be on camera talking to the camera sharing a story tiktok storytelling to be honest it's a really good place if you are if you want to be on camera and you're happy to tell stories go and tell them on tiktok and again obviously if your ideal client is on there and that's where you want to want to be but it's really about yeah sharing a story um you know, sharing educational problem awareness content. And then Instagram, I feel is more, um, yeah, short, very short term. Like some of the videos I put, put up five seconds, seven seconds, but my story, oh, I'm trying to get across my message is in the text on the screen and they're either going to loop it or they're going to pause it and read it. Um, and then that, that will do better than it would. Whereas same, if I put a video on TikTok, that's five to 30 seconds and it's just screen on text, it's going to do on the other occasion, it might do well. Um, but it's usually going to just bomb. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I need to ask this question. I'm, I'm not going to say who, but one of my clients is, is really talking about this in her business right now. So I'm going to use that. And I'm going to ask you this because you mentioned it about if you're happy to be on camera, mm-hmm. what advice would you give for people who want to grow on social media, but maybe they are product based or maybe they don't really want to be the face, the voice of their brand. How does that then translate into a good marketing strategy or or strategy on social media? So totally possible. I also had a client as well earlier this year who was just like, I, I I don't want to do it. It's not me. I don't want to be like the face of my brand. I just want my brand to go and exist without me. I was like, no problem. I went and created like a list of like 50 videos of faceless reels and faceless TikToks. And I think it's really about being creative and being fun. Um, I think this, again, you don't need to be super tech with the camera or have loads of transitions, but and depend and obviously it depends on what the product is. If it's a physical product, it's a lot easier. You can just film the physical product in lots of different places. If you are someone who is maybe you actually are the, the product, you know, like for example, a coach. Yep. Um, but you still don't really want to be the face of it. Um, I would say take this opportunity to go and film some beautiful things, go on location, film your life from your point of view, from your eyes and like make that your story. So everything is from a POV perspective, like how you see the world without the world necessarily needing to see you. So you could do that through filming from your point of view, filming views, filming, you know, looking at what you're doing and then add text to it, add a good, strong caption and text to, and when I say add text, I mean like on, on screen text. Um, that is going to captivate people. And that's where I think a good hook will come in handy. And a good hook is basically that first sentence that you see on a video that has you basically reading for more or reading the caption. So good hooks is where it's at if you want to get your screen time up on Instagram or or TikTok. Great advice. And are there any um, TikTok no-nos that you see, like mistakes that you see people making on TikTok? Because I know you're a fan of TikTok. So 
yeah what, what would be some like oh cringeworthy things that you see that you would want to change for people on TikTok so if I was to like audit a client's TikTok what I know I know know for me would be long drawn out content like this where there's maybe some long pauses in between it sounds awful but everyone on TikTok uh, TikTok wants that information like fast yep. so if you're uploading videos where you're talking to the camera a lot, I would say edit it down so that there's any space in between. And and by the way, I do this. And if, if anyone has seen me on a live and like I did before when I just forgot what I was talking about, <laughs> I will just suddenly go into a daydream. I'll just suddenly be like, um, what was I saying? But if I do that on a TikTok, that is chopped out in the when I edit him. And you can do that in the TikTok editor as well. So that would definitely be a no-no. Um, I'm trying to think what else um even just like fluff at the beginning I, i'd say tiktok is get to the point of what you're talking about within the first like no point no point something seconds like say whatever the hook is say it out loud on camera on tiktok um because yeah i think even if people start i mean tiktok isn't really one like instagram where you go onto someone's profile and you scroll through it's much more like on the for you page or on your following page um but if someone hasn't drawn you in within the first seconds they're just going to swipe past so i'd say good hooks and cut out all the fluff cut out all the long pauses and things and i definitely as a consumer of tiktok find that if someone's what i don't want to say waffling but if i'm not instantly engaged i'm like no 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 yeah. I, I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it is what it is with tiktok um it's yeah the that the way I consume it, which I think is the way lots of people consume it, is lots of short videos keep me active. Oh, and then the, obviously the algorithm goes, ha ha, she's watched 16 cat videos. Let's give <laughs> yeah. her 16 more. And I'm yes. like, oh. <laughs> yes, I think we may have had this conversation before, or I think maybe I talked about it in the membership, about make sure that you are also engaging with content within your niche so that Instagram or TikTok knows that that's what you are about. Um, because I had the same thing, but it was dogs. <laughs> so you're a cat person, I'm a dog person. I went onto my explore page one day on Instagram and it was just dog, 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 dog. And I was like, okay, no wonder my views are low because Instagram maybe thinks that I'm just on here for the dogs. So I actually like stopped myself from engaging with any pet content for like at least two weeks and just engaged with like SEO, like um, social media content marketing and then I went back onto my explore page and it was just like you know content calendar for the month of May like how to get your views and I was like okay we're back we're back yeah. in business and um, but it, you know whatever the content that you engage with is also telling the algorithm important information about, about you as well so definitely engage with you know your obviously your own followers people in your niche um I think I had this as like an outbound challenge on the membership for one month, but go and engage with the big, the big names in your niches and your industry as well. And um, just by engaging with their content, that will get more eyes on your page as well. Yeah. And no, it was in the July, well, I certainly watched it in the July membership and I was sat on holiday and Hannah was doing this, obviously it was recorded, but I was listening to the training and um, you were talking about exactly that go to your explore page and I looked and I laughed because mine was all cats and makeup and I was like oh no yeah. so I had to do a I was like right I'll go on TikTok for the cat videos and I'll stick on Instagram <laughs> so I was like I need to look at mindset mindset manifestation I need to look at all of these things law of attraction it's fine and I changed it but I hadn't even thought about that and I think this yeah. is where your content is really powerful because 
I hadn't even considered that what I was consuming was having an impact on how the algorithm was seeing my content or Mm -hmm. I've I've explained that in a very poor way, but simple shifts like that seem to have a really powerful impact. Yeah. And that's not to say that you can't go and enjoy the cat content and the makeup because I absolutely for sure. Um, but it, I think just make sure that you're measuring it out with also what is related to your industry or your niche or like have a, like I have a personal Instagram as well. Um, that if I because I also love like reality TV. I mean, I, I went off it for years and then this year got back into it, like Love Island, like The Ultimatum, like Love is Blind. Yeah. And so I know that I cannot on my business account go on because I'll, I'll the next day it's just constant like Love Island. Love Island. So if I want to go and stalk a Love Island contestant, I will go on my personal Instagram and do it on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think that is advice I will be following because I'm exactly the same. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Love Island. Oh, math, math. Yeah. And I'm like, no, stop, 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 stop. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about Instagram. We've talked a little bit about TikTok. I know one of your favorite platforms, and I have to say, in all honesty, becoming one of mine is pinterest now i before i i work with you in terms of the the pinterest strategy i had not considered that pinterest was a way of marketing my business i hadn't even thought about it so if anyone's listening and they're going what What? wait hang on a minute pinterest and social media can you just give everyone a little bit of a rundown of of why this is such a great place to be if you own a business have coaching services etc yes i can can probably already tell i'm like Big smile on my face when it comes to this because I love it. I was actually on a discovery call yesterday and the client was saying, but I don't know if Pinterest is right for me because I'm, I, I you know, I teach people um, how to like, like psychic medium abilities. And I was like, oh, in that case, Pinterest is the perfect place for you. Like whatever your niche is, like Pinterest, there's so much on Pinterest. Okay. So the best way to explain it is Pinterest is often seen as a social media platform, but it's actually a visual search engine. So it's very similar to Google, except instead when you type into the search bar something and it comes up as a list of links, it's just dozens and, well, you know, hundreds of thousands of images. And these are obviously called pins. And the idea is that if from a user perspective, you go on there and Pinterest have got the research to back this up, people go on Pinterest to find inspiration, solutions, or shop. Those three things, basically. Um, so it's known, you know, people think of Pinterest, they think of like wedding inspiration or they think of like, I'm doing my kitchen up. So I'll go and make a Pinterest board and I'll go and get some ideas together for my kitchen. Like that's what most people think of Pinterest, which is why when someone maybe doesn't have a physical product, they're like, oh, well, what would I do on there? But it's actually think about an actual pin board that you would have in your home and you find like maybe a, a useful leaflet or pamphlet on something um, or something for an event and you go and pin them on your board, don't you, so that you remember them and you've got them to go back to. That is what Pinterest is. So regardless of what your niche is, I ha- I'll give you an example. One of my clients, she's a menopause coach. So there's so much information on there from like, from women who are looking for information on like, are these symptoms the right symptoms? Should I be experiencing this? Or like, what, what kind of support is out there for me as a woman going through menopause? Am I going through early menopause? Um, is it as bad as it's going to be? And so with my um, client who's a menopause coach, we're on there and we are pinning a lot of information and content around the symptoms of menopause. This is actually a midlife transformation that you're going to go through. It's amazing. And every time we pin something, it links to her blog or her website or her Instagram. So the whole point is that you go on there and you pin things. And unlike social media platforms where, you know, if you click on an Instagram post 
or a TikTok video, it's not going to take you to a link. The, your, the stories might, but it's obviously a lot harder to get people into your stories. Um, Pinterest pins all link to something. They all link to whatever you want them to link to. So you can put on website link, you can put on an affiliate link. There's just so much. And the best thing about Pinterest is that unlike social media platforms where your content normally dies out between 24 hours and seven days, um, Pinterest pins last for like um, between three months to a year. Wow. Yeah. So I've actually had pins that are still going viral now from like two years ago that still get like thousands and thousands of views every month. And that brings me like thousands of traffic every month. It's insane. And people don't realize it because it's really overlooked and undervalued. Everyone just assumes it's like the, you know, for your decor or your wedding inspiration. But if you go on the, I, I mean, if anyone listens to this now, I challenge you, go and put your keywords or even just your, you know, if you're like, like you say, I'm a mindset coach, go and put mindset coach into Pinterest and see what comes up and you'll probably be blown away. And your content can be there too. And your content can come up on the top as well if you have the right strategy. So it's honestly an unbelievable tool that I just constantly am like singing the praises of because it really changed my business. Um, I was struggling when I started and I was doing the social media that was going okay. And when I very first started my business, I was struggling. My very first coaching launch, I made, I got one client, hundred pounds, charged him 20 pounds for a session. Like it was so, I had just no idea what I was doing. And my friend of mine was like, well, if you need some extra cash while you build up your business, I run a Pinterest company and we could do with like a Pinterest VA. So she just taught me everything that you need to know about Pinterest. And I was like, this is, do other people know about this? <laughs> Wait, what? So, yeah. So I started doing it for my own and for my own traffic, for my own website. And it just completely changed everything. Yeah. yeah. I should add, so I, I've i been working with you on your Pinterest course. I'm not working with you. I've been taking your Pinterest course. Yeah. Right? That sounded <laughs> like I was part of, no, I know nothing about it. I'm <laughs> learning from you. And so I would say in the last, I think it was about a week, 10 days ago that I messaged you and I said, right, I'm not, I'm just going to say a phrase I'm not going to use. Um, I'm not going to dilly dally with this. I'm not going to dip my toe in. I'm going to do it properly. Yeah. I followed all the strategies. And I think that this is literally in about a week, maybe 10 days. My monthly views on Pinterest have gone from, I think I was on either 33 or 133. I can't remember. And I'm now on, I haven't checked today, but on about 1.5 thousand a month. Yeah. So in, yeah. And if that is the growth, if you try and think of Instagram growth or TikTok growth, you wouldn't get that in that Definitely time not. frame. And I'm still absolutely finding my feet with it. But that to me was like, what? My impressions are up 1,653%. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been on Instagram for how many years uh like five years or something maybe and pinterest just seems to have such fast growth and then the fact that you've said that pins can have a, a lifespan of like three months to a year that's mm -hmm. so exciting so yeah. i want to say thank you for that support <laughs> um but yeah it's you're right i think it's overlooked because there's no way i would have considered it as a, a marketing tool yeah, I'm I, again, you're right. Like it's just, it's completely overlooked. And you, I wouldn't be surprised if in six months times, a, a pin that you pinned like this week just suddenly takes off. Like it's not, you know, Instagram things die off and then they just, they disappear, don't they? Yeah. And Pinterest is like, it's very much a keyword focused. So people are searching for stuff, your stuff gets, it goes higher and higher to the top. And then all it takes is someone who's got a bit of a big group board or something to pin it to their board. 
for it to suddenly be put in front of so many more people then they pin it and then their followers pin it and then it's just getting repinned and repinned um so yeah I absolutely absolutely love it and the fast growth is is interesting because it can it can actually be a slow burner um but the fast growth will happen if you are consistent with it and that normally comes down now that sounds like you need to be on Pinterest every day all day pinning and pinning and pinning but the idea with it is that you can use a third party scheduler to schedule it Pinterest can now you can now schedule pins um it's a bit of a it's a well you probably know it yourself when you set it up it's a bit of a slow burner it's a bit of a mammoth task to get set up but once you have it set up and once you have things scheduled, it pretty much takes care of itself. So, for example, I've actually started a second Pinterest account recently because I wanted to do some more testing out on stuff. And all I've done is I think 80 percent, maybe even 85, 90 percent of the pins that I put on there are just my TikToks. Yeah. I've downloaded all my TikToks and I've used a third party scheduler to schedule them out. And and then using the Pinterest strategy that obviously you you know to put it out there. And I've left it. So I actually haven't been on that Pinterest account in two weeks doing anything. And it's just hit 10,000 views and it's less than a month old. Amazing. So that's because there is consistently pins going out. Again, as I sound it, this probably sounds very complicated when you can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but the, the gist of it is, yes, if you're consistent with it and you're patient as well, because... Um, I got to 100,000 in my first year, but that 100,000 suddenly shut up after like eight months. For the first eight months, it was between like 10,000 and 50,000 jumping around and then it just shut up. So it's like, I always say, and you probably will have seen it on the course, patience and consistency is the is basically the strategy. Patience yeah. and consistency. And that goes for everything really, even Instagram, TikTok. I think when people don't see results these days, they give up. Like, okay, my pin, my my first like pin on my first TikTok didn't go viral. Forget yeah. that, it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's like, no. And even if it went viral, that doesn't guarantee that the next one will or that like you'll suddenly get a load of followers. Like you have to be consistent and yeah. that's how you grow. And that's like, that's like manifestation though. So people say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And it's like, well, no, you've got to be in the mindset and the energy yeah. of it beforehand. You've got to be believing this is successful. This is working out even when it's slow at the start, because it's that mindset that drives you to be consistent, that drives the conversations, that keeps you believing in your product and your service. Otherwise you go, oh, well, that doesn't work. I'll try something else. No, I'll try something else. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love the comparison to manifestation. That is so accurate. Yeah. Because I have to say, I hold my hands up with the Pinterest stuff. I dip my toe in and I posted one, one day and another, another day, and then another, the third day. And then I left it a week and then I did it. And I was like, <laughs> Hannah, I'm not really seeing this growth. And I think you must have just said to me, um, just out of interest, how many are you posting a day and how many a week? Yeah. I gave the answer and you were like, uh, Victoria, have you have you listened to module three or four or whatever? <laughs> and I was like, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. But you do break it down. You make something that people could think is quite complex, quite easy. And do you know what? It feeds my creative side. Like I'm, I always say I'm not very arty, I'm not very creative, but actually I do like creating products and creating pins yeah. kind of ticks that box for me. It's like, oh, yeah. I play around with the fonts and the colors and then whatever else. That's it, because this is also another golden gem about Pinterest is that your content needs to be diverse. So branded content where everything looks perfect 
doesn't work on Pinterest. It's more just about getting the information out there. So yes, when it comes to making pins, you don't necessarily have to make this perfectly curated carousel and then do it, you know, and then do another one and another one. You can take a pin and just change up the fonts, change up the images, um, and they can all look completely different. And that also means, yeah, you get to be a bit more creative and have more fun. Um, and also it takes less time. You can kind of just like, yeah, I mean, I could sit there and make a bunch of pins and I go and it's, I just put my headphones on. I find it quite therapeutic. Yeah. I feel like if I, if I had to rank my social media, like they were my, you know, in out of order of preference, Instagram is my favorite. I'm not counting the podcast because I don't count that as social media. That's to me a separate yeah. entity. Instagram is my favorite because it's where I like hanging out. It's, it's the one I feel I know the best. TikTok is the one where I'm like, oh, I'll just try it. I'll just try that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, the lighting's not perfect. Oh, that caption. Not not in a, sorry, that sounds very like, oh, I don't care. More in a, I'm not going to stop myself posting it because I, I worry yeah. that the color isn't perfect or whatever. And then Pinterest is the, I'm going to try stuff that's new. I'm going to try this color, yeah. this font. Okay, I'm going to try this video. And, and actually, again i need to look into it a bit more but i'm finding that i'm getting the highest impressions on pinterest from video content that yes. i have repurposed from tiktok yes. your advice so exactly exactly yeah. this is this is where people are like i don't have time for pinterest and it's like if you are posting reels every day yep. do you know how easy it would be to just spend one hour of the week downloading them and scheduling them all because you can just schedule them you don't even need to live post them it will take you one hour and I know because I've done it I did 85 in one go on a Sunday <laughs> night and they're the ones that are now going out and so when people say they don't have time I'm like no but you do like it's just you know it's, it's one hour and it will bring you like again not straight away not instantly you're not going to get bookings or products sold the next day but over time you will gradually build up and um, Pinterest views traffic to your website click throughs to whatever your product is um and repurposing especially video content is the best way you don't need to go make fresh. I, I'd advise, I in fact that would be my, my advice do not make fresh video content just for Pinterest you don't need to just repurpose the content you've already got so it's, it kind of ticks the box of, I'm not, I don't mean passive income, but there's a passive element to it that you can schedule it and just let it do its work in the background. Whereas I feel like Instagram, you want to be on stories, you want to be engaging with people. And sometimes, you know, you don't have huge amounts of time for it if you're running a business or you've got a family or whatever. But Pinterest, you could, as you, you know, you could have Netflix on in the background, create a load of pins, schedule them, off they go, do it properly. And then they're yeah. just working for you in the background so people can find your mm -hmm. content everything you're saying is perfect like that's exactly it like I see Pinterest as my passive income like teammate like they're in charge of my passive income because I'll just go and up and dump all the pins in there and know that it's going to schedule them out for me and like you say then in the background because that's that's how I very started my very first email list I had an EFT because I used to do life coaching and EFT tapping I had an EFT tapping freebie I would have made a load of pins uh for it schedule them out and then one of them went viral and still to this day I get people added to this EFT tapping email list um and it was just great because I just get random notifications of you know so and so just signed up for your EFT tapping so now I do it with digital products so if I I know that if I'm launching like uh something on Instagram I need to be on yes. whereas with my digital products, it's usually Pinterest is taking care of it for me because it's just chaining out all the pins that all link to the product or all link to some sort of funnel for the product, all linked to my website, which talks about the product. So 
Pinterest is doing so much. If you want a passive income, I'd say Pinterest is the way to go because other platforms, you kind of need to be switched on. Although I will say TikTok is a little bit similar to Pinterest in terms of keywords and that things can suddenly take off even after you've published them. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of in between Instagram and Pinterest. I say TikTok, yeah. And I think what I'm really taking from this is there's a platform for everyone because I know we haven't really got time to talk about Facebook and LinkedIn and you know threads does Clubhouse still exist yeah. I don't sure. know Clubhouse. I'm sure yeah. it does I'm sure it does sure it does somewhere but there really is a platform for everyone so I guess everyone listening to this if you want to start a business you've got a business I guess my advice from the mindset bit would be think about what is going to best suit you. What are you going to be most excited about? Are you most excited to create beautiful curated content on Instagram and go on lives and do stories? Do you want to go on TikTok and create talking head videos and actually be engaging in that way? Do you want to have Pinterest stuff in the background running like, and obviously I'm sure you would probably say best to have your A and your B, but mm -hmm. It, I think I was originally put off by certain things because I was like, I don't know how to post on LinkedIn. I don't know what like, what works. I don't, don't know how to do that. And how can I do everything? But what you're saying is there's so many ways of finding a platform that suits you as a person and how you want to brand your business. Absolutely. I think you've summed it up perfectly. And it's like, what like what does light you up? Because that's why even when we're talking about, you know, I know we're joking around about like the cat and the dogs all over our page, <laughs> but still like I want to see some dogs there because, you know, this is a, it's a social media platform. So, you know, it needs to be fun as well. And I think that's the other thing as well, maybe like that we haven't touched on, which is have fun with it. Like, I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? Like what, what lights you up, but what are you going to enjoy? Because honestly, every year I say I'm going to do LinkedIn. And then by the second week of January, I'm like, I don't want to. I just don't. I don't want to even though I'm, I probably should because I'm a business coach and mark this marketing mentor or maybe there's clients on there yeah. no, I just don't want nothing about it pulls me in nothing yeah. um so I it's just not going to happen to be yeah. LinkedIn <laughs> just you know what? We're, so happen. we're so similar yeah. for me the pull to LinkedIn is what I call the should factor I yeah. should be on there. I should be doing this. I work with businesses. I work with people that own their businesses. They're on LinkedIn. And I, I'm exactly the same. I keep dipping my toe in and then going, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't yeah. feel right. And maybe <laughs> in a year's time it will. Maybe I'll have a mindset switch or I'll see it differently. But I think yeah. the way you perceive the platform, God, we're going to mindset again, but the way you perceive but something. It's, it's all linked. Of course, yeah, it's, it's important. It's, it's your expectancy. You, you manifest what you expect. So if we personally look at LinkedIn and expect it's going to be I'm going to use words that aren't it but stuffy difficult confusing yeah. doesn't light us up that's how it's going to be but someone else is going to look at it and go LinkedIn's amazing I love it I feel so energized when I'm on it all yeah. <laughs> just different perspectives so okay then so if you could give some advice to people who maybe are overwhelmed with social media they don't know where to start with their marketing maybe they're like this Pinterest thing sounds interesting like what would maybe be one or two tips that you could give to people so I'd say for anyone feeling overwhelmed where to start I would just I'd I'd probably go back to just sitting down like what is my actually now that we've said that about the whole the, the Instagram the, the not the Instagram the social media platform I would sit down and just be like what do I is the message I want to put out there and where do I want to shine that message? What is going to like bring me joy to go on every day and create content around and just focus on getting content out there that 
that has your message in it that ha- that talks about the problem that you're solving or the desire that you're going to fulfill. Um, I just thought, and I wouldn't overwhelm myself with all the other things. In fact, you know, even if it, I, I love Pinterest and like, obviously I've got the course on Pinterest, but even if just the thought of doing two overwhelms right now, then just do the one, just sit down. Who am I? What's my message? And what platform am I going to do? And then just go and, and, and have a look at getting some content out there on that one platform. Don't overwhelm yourself with everything else. Just focus on the one and get good at that like you were saying the consistency yeah. the Consist- yes be consistent with one thing before you jump ship onto something else get into and again being consistent doesn't need to be that you are showing up every day at a certain time or that you batch create content or you know because being consistency will look different for everyone else for one person it might be like having one day of the month where you consistently just go and batch everything and schedule for someone else it could be a couple of days a week I mean for me I like to be consistent but I also have no routine when it comes to it because I have to go with how I feel but even that myself is being then being consistent like I consistently check in with like okay well where am I up to how am I feeling in this moment and when am I gonna what am I gonna post this week and but just yeah pick your platform get clear on your message and then start showing up consistently yeah and when you said earlier about what your message is that was one of my stumbling blocks in the past when I was like "I, I don't know what to post and my coach at the time would be like, Victoria, you do realize there's about 50,000 things that I could think of right now that you could post about. And I was like, well, what are they? And she was like, do you really need me to tell you? And I'm like, yes, because <laughs> like I got so in it. And actually, I remember one of my coaches just saying, you do realize, Victoria, you help people to manifest faster or easier. And I was like, do I? And she was like, really? <laughs> and I think when you're in your own business, you yeah. know that you know every little thing about it. So the fact that I know about neuroplasticity and the subconscious mind and the conscious mind kind of isn't relevant when I've got to just actually think, what is the message? What is it that someone wants? And then they can go, that's for me, that's not for me. And then I can fill in all the details. But actually sometimes going back to the gr- the ground roots of it exactly. can be really hard and you forget to do yeah. that. Like the foundation of what it, exactly, because you can, because even then when you have like, well, what am I, what's the problem that I'm solving? You can span out into all those different things. Like you say, you can do a post on like, you know, tips for, you know, I can't remember what you just said, like the neuroplastic, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> what big word, yeah. <laughs> like seven tips for that you know and and you can branch off but ultimately you'll all come back to you serving someone in a way because you're helping them in fact if anyone's struggling with like what is the problem that I'm solving or the or the message that I'm putting out there sorry something I just took a load of people through this I did a program called daily success school and a big chunk of it was content strategy write down what the like top three problems are then write down what the desires are that match them and then write down what the solution is so I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. And by, by solution, I don't just mean, oh, the solution is my offer or the solution is my product. The solution is what your product is, is kind of made made up of. Yeah. So an example might be, so the example, I'll give an example from Daily Success School. I, the problem was that people were overwhelmed with, with trying to do a million things every single day. And what they actually desired was to actually be laid back and free in their business rather than working through a to-do list that was just never ending so the problem was overwhelmed confused about what to do and the desire was free enjoyable day in their business and the solution wasn't my program the solution was you need a like a daily success plan you need to have a plan that you go into every day that you know about that becomes just almost part of who you are and you know it not necessarily a piece of paper plan a plan within you that you have 
And then the offer comes in, introducing Daily Success School, where I can help you to create that plan and to overcome the problem. So if you start with the problem, then the desire, and then talk about what the solution is, um, then trying to think of I had an example that I actually gave in the program and I can't remember what it was now um it's always like when you're trying to think of it oh, yeah it's gone it's gone gone I was <laughs> sorry gone. I was trying to fill yeah. some space so you could have some thinking time <laughs> <laughs> well there, there, there was one um but that was more focusing on like problem awareness content so the so the, the example is if you were a brand you're a company who made silk pillows right yep. now and you wanted to, the problem that you're solving is that people are having actually bad skin um, at night because they're like, they're not taking their makeup off or they're sleeping on like cotton, which isn't good for your skin. But maybe the person doesn't realize that. And what they actually desire, they don't desire silk pillows. So if you if you went and sold them silk pillows, they'd be like, no, I'm not interested. Because what they actually desire is clear skin. Yeah. So the so coming to the messaging isn't, check out our great pillows, check out our great silk pillows, the message would be, do you want to have clearer skin every day so you can feel more confident? You do? Great. Then check out our silk pillows, which are scientifically proven to help you, you know, and so yeah. that's kind of, it's, it's kind of focusing on like what either the problem is or the desire is within your messaging and making sure that that is very clear. Um, and then you can go in with the solution. And most people will try and start with the solution. But what a lot of us don't realize is, and I'm sure you have this, especially with like mindset and stuff is that what what we think we need is not actually what we need. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we when I talk to clients about problem awareness content, a lot of them say, oh, but I don't want to make my client aware of more problems that they have and cause them more problems. It feels icky. It's like, but they already have the problem. They just don't realize they have the problem. They, they just know about the de desire. Like I'm broke all like I, I'm broke all the time. I need more money. I need more money. Maybe you don't need more money. Maybe you need a better money mindset or maybe you need better habits and I'm going to help you with that versus just uh trying to show them problems that they have that they they just need to become aware of them does that make sense I always it find makes, that really hard to explain but no, it makes total sense and years ago I listened to a podcast by Angie Lee and and the phrase stuck in my head and it was basically sell the chocolate not the kale so she was saying she was basically making the point that people need the kale, but they don't go, oh, I really want some kale. No, they want the chocolate. And actually what you said about the skin thing, people don't know that a silk pillow will solve that problem. For mm -hmm. me, people don't know that they want a BWRT session. They know that they are petrified of heights and they're about to go on a holiday that involves walking and they are dreading it. My solution is I know a BWRT session will take that away from them from as in like take the anxiety away or I know BWRT will help someone overcome some money mindset blocks, but they don't even necessarily know what the money mindset blocks are yet. So if yeah. I go in saying, oh, BWRT, they don't even know what that means. So yeah. that makes total sense. But if I said, OK, you're going to school me on this, but if I said something <laughs> like, um, you know, the, the desire is they want to feel really confident checking their bank account every day. Actually, yeah. BWRT could be the solution to that because they've got some money traumas or whatever, but they don't know that. They just know yeah. that they don't want to be like, oh my God, I've got to check how much is in my account. Oh, like they don't want to have to do that. They want to be like, yeah, money flows to me. Every dollar I spend comes back to me tenfold. That's one of my latest phrases. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. And actually, I felt like you triggered an old version of me who I used to be that person that was like, avoid the bank account at all costs. But now it's like, I, I regularly check it. But again, yeah, or, or speak to the desire, which is like, like 
how good would it feel to like never fear, never fear that. But yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, brilliant. Amazing. Have you got any more? Have you got one little snippet then? One more snippet that you can give? Because I feel like I'm, I dragged you off your kind of tips, but anything else that you think would be useful for people to, to start with in terms of marketing? To start with in terms of marketing, I would say if you are, um, if you are brand new to marketing and you even want to kind of build up a plan, I would actually go back to the beginning of this conversation and I would go and check out AI and I would have them help you do it. But I would have them, and I do actually have a whole AI tutorials in the membership <laughs> that you are in. Um, in the it's called uh, the Empire membership because I help people build um, um, like online empires. Um, we have an AI section in that, and I'm actually going to update that um, for the month of September. But I would recommend going to AI and basically giving it all the information. And I'll even list it out now so you can grab a pen. But you want to tell it what you think your ideal client's main problem is, desire is and what your business is about, what your business values are, um, what your USP is, which is like your unique selling proposition in the market or unique unique selling point. Um, copy and paste in some of your own Instagram captions. Talk about who you are as a person. You know, are you funny? Are you sassy? Are you serious? Give it all this information and then ask it to create um, a, a brief marketing plan or 10, you know, content ideas. I'd start with that. Um because I think for anyone who's feeling overwhelmed or doesn't know what to do, it will literally chain out a marketing plan for you or okay. content ideas for you. And that will just at least help you just get get going. Um, and obviously, yeah, as I've already said, but definitely do some market research, get clear on your messaging, choose your one platform and then go to the AI and get it, get it to create a little marketing plan for you. Hannah, this episode has just been absolutely jam-packed. <laughs> <laughs> like we've done AI, we've done different platforms, we've done messaging, we've done marketing, we've done some mindset. <gasps> right. I hope we haven't overwhelmed people. <laughs> but if they're like, right, I need to know more about Hannah, where can they find out more? What have you got going on at the moment that you can tell them about? Yeah, so the best way to kind of come into my world is probably through Instagram. That is, you know, I've talked about a lot of platforms, but that is my number one, my number one platform. Um, and you can find me, it's just at digital.priestess. Um, website, um, www.digitalpriestess.co.uk. Um, but um, so what I've got going at the moment, well, I have my membership, Empire membership, um, which is reopening soon um the spots are full but reopening soon um and i also have pinterest of profits for anyone who did hear us talk about pinterest and is interested in using it pinterest of profits is the course that victoria herself is going through um and it's all about taking your business taking your content and essentially using pinterest to blow up your business get traffic get click-throughs and essentially yeah help you to build profits in your business as well um i will create a um 10 discount code as well for you i will just i'm just gonna use the word victoria <laughs> and um i will yeah so if you go to either my website my stand store or i can always send victoria the link as well pinterest of profits and you can get yourself 10 off that amazing thank you and i have to say i am part of the membership and um you were recommended to me by one of my coaching friends that's how oh. i came to you she loves your stuff i love your stuff i love the pinterest stuff i know i'm still working on it but I'm finding it really, really helpful. So I can genuinely say Hannah's content is really, really great. And you've got loads of free content yeah. out there as well. 
So oh, thank you so much. Yes, yeah, I actually do have a podcast which I'm, I'm about to go and upload a load of episodes to, and it's just oh, again yes. just the digital priestess podcast. Um, oh. if any, and it's on all all platforms. Um, but thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say. I'm so pleased. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and, and now I'm so excited because I'm like, yes, there's more podcast episodes coming. <laughs> I was like checking the other day. I was like, no, I've listened to them all twice. I need a new one. So yes, yeah, we've got some good ones. And actually, the friend who introduced us, Annika, is 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 on there for one of them talking yeah. about. It's a really interesting topic talking about online trolling and dealing with Ooh. with that online so it's very very juicy one yeah amazing well thank you so much hannah thank you for taking thank the time you. to share all of this good content and I'm, I'm sure we'll speak soon oh absolutely thank you so much for having me it's been amazing Thank you so much for listening. If you like this content, I would so love it if you could leave me an iTunes review. You would totally make my day and you'd help this podcast to reach other listeners just like you. And if you know someone who this content would help, then please share it with them. Share the love, share the positivity. I hope you all have a wonderful and prosperous day and I will see you all.